Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The New America Competes Act proposed by Congress is supposed to give America a competitive edge over China according to House Democrats. But while some of the provisions dealing with innovation and competition uh, might be questionable in a very large bill, there are some surprisingly good ideas in there for improving immigration. So is immigration just something at the border, or could immigration be an important part of America's ability to compete with China? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. We often don't think about uh, competing with China and how immigration might play into all of that. And how do we actually make uh, legal immigration easier, more effective, more efficient? Uh, Fiona Harrigan is the assistant editor at Reason Magazine. She had a great piece uh, in Reason, uh, reason Reason.com. Immigration is a bright spot in the America Competes Act. And she joins us on the line now. Fiona, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, I think in this nearly 3,000-page bill, uh, and I'm one of those who loves a little more streamlined uh, one issue at a time, uh, but you have pointed out something I think that is really crucial about America staying competitive, and that's actually having some of the right kind of immigration. What are some of the things in the Compete Act uh, that actually could help in terms of legal positive immigration? Right. So as you mentioned, this is this is a massive bill. There's a lot in here that likely won't be that effective as we attempt to compete with China in, in terms of tech and manufacturing. But immigration is a really, really strong area. And there are some provisions that really highlight the fact that politicians see immigration as a great way to outcompete destination for immigrants. We have a reputation and a culture for this historically, and uh, they're hoping to essentially both supercharge the economy and help some of the world's most vulnerable people escape danger. So there are two main components to the immigration parts of this bill. Uh, The first is primarily high-skilled entrepreneurs, potential startup owners, and kind of making it easier for certain doctoral program graduates in STEM fields to come to the U.S. And then there are also provisions on the human rights side, so helping persecuted Hong Kongers and Uyghurs who are being persecuted in Xinjiang and China come to the U.S. And both of those are really, really important and kind of living up to our promise and and our reputation as uh, the most welcoming country in the world for high-skilled and persecuted people alike. Yeah. And so let's let's dig into this just a little bit on on each of these. Uh, First, on the 
um, the non-immigrant visa programs. Uh, you mentioned that is, this would be for entrepreneurs, uh, those who might be interested in, in ownership or startup, uh, those kinds of things. And again, these are the kinds of folks that we do want coming to this country. Uh, we need them. They're a vital part of our economy. As you mentioned in your piece, uh, it's part of being competitive with China. So what are some of the things within the provision that would change that would make it easier for some of those high-skilled entrepreneurs to, to come to America? Right. So I think it's important to note that this is a brand new visa class that this legislation would create. It's a so-called W-class visa. This kind of designation doesn't exist yet, uh, which means that we've kind of been missing missing the uh, you know the the point of, of certain immigration uh, proposals uh, in in the past. So legislators now are hoping to make it easier for entrepreneurs with ownership interests and and employees of startups to come to the U.S. along with their spouses and children. Um, this would make it easier for them to come for an initial three-year period. And a really good thing about these visas is that it would essentially incentivize people to have a vested interest and to be productive in those firms and as employees. Uh, Extensions would be contingent on securing investments, creating jobs, and generating revenue, uh, which makes it a very, very important and and viable visa class should this legislation pass. Uh, Just as a a kind of tidbit, uh, immigrants have actually started more than half of America's startup companies valued at a billion or more. Uh, So this is a a really important recognition of trends that we've noticed and, and a recognition that our economy is struggling and immigrants can help recover it. Yeah, and I've always said that it's the the entrepreneurs are what really drive freedom in the end. Uh, And it's great to have those that are interested in that uh, and, as you said, are are willing to really invest with the right kind of behavior, securing investments, creating jobs, generating revenue. Uh, All of those things are are so vital. Uh, And then, of course, the second uh, part of that uh, was those that are are being uh, persecuted. We've talked about a number of those. What are the changes that would take place in this space? Right. So there are some important things to note here as well. Um, given that this bill is, a, is marketed as a way to outcompete China and rebuke China, uh, we're attempting to bring in the people who have been most directly harmed by China. Uh, so the first uh, part of this human rights component addresses people in Hong Kong, which would allow 5,000 high-skilled Hong Kongers to immigrate to America on permanent immigrant visas. And it would also provide a number of Hong Kongers with 18 months of so-called temporary protected status and refugee status for qualifying residents. Um, There's also this Uyghur human rights component, which would grant priority refugee admission status to people who have lived and fled uh, uh, China's Xinjiang province. Um, As you know, pretty rampant persecution happening there and and a system of internment camps uh, trapping over a million people. So this is really, really important also because the U.S. has admitted zero Uyghur refugees over the past two fiscal years. Uh, Our backlogs are are quite severe in immigration processing, uh, which means that people who are stuck in danger are often kept in danger. But this legislation would hope to circumvent that for some of the world's most vulnerable people in the Uyghur Muslim group. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad you pointed out the the numbers. That was actually a surprise to me that we've admitted exactly zero zero Uyghur refugees in the past two fiscal years uh, for all that uh, many politicians on both sides of the political aisle uh, have talked about the Uyghurs, have talked about religious persecution, have talked about refugees. Uh, Not a one, not a one has been admitted uh, to the country. So it seems to me that we could get some bipartisan support uh, around at least those components. 
Absolutely. And, and we've seen bipartisan legislation to these effects previously. It's just that now it's wrapped up in a, in a major package that House Democrats are pushing. Um, but on balance, relief for Uyghurs and Hong Kongers, as well as support for very high skilled and, and high demand field immigrants um, is very strong on both sides of the aisle. Yeah, and I think that's uh, the key. We've been talking about the fact that uh, we, we aren't that divided on so many things that we allow uh, ourselves to feel like we're divided because of uh, some of the loud voices and the the extreme issues there. But this is one of those where clearly uh, members from both sides of the aisle should come together uh, and actually get some things done that would truly make a difference, uh, not only, not just for the Hong Kongers, not just for the Uyghurs, not just for those who uh, want to come here and, and start their business. This is important. This is vital for the country. It is part of competitiveness uh, as we try to move things forward. Uh, Fiona Harrigan, again, is the assistant editor at Reason Magazine. Great piece, Fiona. really appreciate your perspective on this. Brought some great things to light for all of us to think about today. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. All right. That's some great insight uh, that we should all be thinking about. We talk about immigration. We talk about the border. Uh, One of the things that we have to do and that everyone agrees on, left and right alike, agree, we need a better system. We need to make it easier and more efficient to come here legally and go through the process the right way. And surely the United States of America has room for those with high skill, those who are entrepreneurs, those who are looking and wanting to start businesses. Uh, That's a good class of visa that we ought to be looking at. Uh, And then, of course, those that are under persecution, whether that's Hong Kongers or the Uyghur population, uh, we're the most compassionate country on the planet. There's also got to be a space to make that process more efficient. Stunning numbers uh, from Fiona. Zero Uyghurs, zero, have come to the United States for all the talk of religious liberty and and, uh, religious persecution. Uh, We have not welcomed one of them into our country. And that needs to change. This is one of those areas where we can bridge the divide and we can solve the problem. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.